And welcome back, boys and girls, for another special edition of the Michael Deacon Program. Joining me in a moment is Daniel Christos from Bomb Busters Podcast. We'll be talking about his book, Priestcraft, Beyond Babylon. It's a close look at the origins of ancient cults, their practices, and their continued influence on the world. Ladies and gentlemen, get ready for this one. It's going to be an awesome program. And joining me right now is Daniel. How's it going, my friend? Good, sir. How are you today? I am uh, doing a lot better now. The mood has shifted. Um, early in the morning, all kinds of um, things went south. All hell broke loose, but everything's back on track. Um, in the clouds now, and I'm feeling much better. And Daniel, I'm seeing you. You're smiling. You look happy. You got the whole green screen behind you, it seems. <laughs> yeah. That, that didn't fool you? Oh, Not shit. at all. Okay. <laughs> no, I. It's not my first rodeo. Right. But no, I, I, I like it though. I do like it. Looks cool. Classic. Yeah. For, for... Yeah. Next thing you know, you're gonna have a bookshelf back there and a bearskin rug, fireplace. That'd be cool. That's the next step for you, I think. Yeah. I think I you should. You got to get a for new sure. one uh, after this. I, I want a whole library behind you. It makes it look smarter, right? When you have books behind you. Yeah. It it it, it kind of gives the illusion that you know how to read. It so makes yeah, it makes you look like you're from the UK. Oh right, they all do that, don't they? They podcast. do. They really do, it's and none of them funny. know how to read. <laughs> I'm kidding, UK fans. We have a big uh, listenership out there in the UK, so sometimes I'll I'll say inappropriate things about them, and they appreciate it. Yes. It so means that you care. You're you're remembering them to to mention them. Nice. That's right. But uh, regardless of that, Daniel, always a pleasure to talk to someone else who actually hosts their own program too. Yeah, not to the extent that you have. What do you been, mean? But, yeah. uh, what do you mean? What do you mean? Well, I mean, I've been kicked off of so many things. I've started over so many times. I'm, you know, on Rumble now, but I got booted off of YouTube twice. Patreon kicked me off. Twitter a long time ago so well then, yeah that uh, happens that that's part of the game getting kicked off for youtube this is like my 20th uh this is like my 15th channel i think wow yeah i mean it's a badge of honor to get booted off and get back on there again yeah the that the concept of the reset it's like anybody who has a show knows all about reset that's right and your show is on rumble and i gotta be honest with you rumble is like the ghetto version of youtube in my opinion no, you're right, but I can't say what I need to say without apparently being kicked off anyway. I had 13 strikes before, Jesus. because you know how they fall off? I had 13 strikes. 13? 13. 13. And they're all, about, they're all about COVID, I bet. Some of them, and then some of them are just bizarre, you know, violation of this or that, so. That's hilarious, but wear it as a badge of honor, but... You know, Rumble is a good platform for anyone, really, in my opinion. It's a, it's a good place, but when I say that, I just think, you know, they, they are lacking just a little bit, but give them more time, and they'll get there one day. Yeah, uh, being that they're in Canada, though, that's not going to bode well because of their cracking down of Ooh. Canadian content yeah. and not smart enough to leave, just like, uh, what do you call it, BitChute wasn't smart enough to get out of, you know, the UK when... So things started happening over there so they could have just moved the servers and been fine but they didn't do it yeah that's right they're actually in canadia mm -hmm. china did now right right 
Yikes. I, I, you know, I, I feel bad for all the Canadians out there that have to put up with that. It, it's a terrible situation that they have a Trudeau out there, and he's, he's a, a nasty man, in my opinion. He made some really strange comments, very <clears throat> dismissive comments about his, uh, his brother, Michel, when he uh, mm. died in the quote-unquote avalanche. Right. Yeah, very weird. If he was just home playing video games or chess, then he never would have. That's like, really? So be an agoraphobe. I can't talk. Sorry. <clears throat> there we go. There you go. <laughs> there you go. I understand. Also, I, I wanted you to sort of tell the listeners a little bit about yourself in regards to your the program that you do. I feel like uh, plenty of people would uh, love what you produce, my friend. Okay. So, um Five or so years ago, I started a channel. Yeah, you know, I listened to everybody, but not thinking that they had all the facts or the, you know, maybe they cursory, you know, didn't get too deep into it. But I always found more things I could say <clears throat> instead of just, excuse me, instead of just, um, you know, typing in the comments all day, I was like, well, why don't I just say this in a video? And, um, I had been reading a lot, so some of them were, you know, dissertations basically or uh, presentations on Eustace Mullins and murder by injection or some things I would read out of Behold a Pale Horse. But then I just kind of got into picking out topics and yeah. going with it. And uh, yeah, so five years deep, I've started getting uh, guests on maybe the last year and a half. I've had Dr. Brian Artis on like 40 times, uh, a lot of other people. Dr. Peter Glidden. So a lot of it's talking about health and like trying to dispel the programming of, you know, allopathy on people so that right. maybe we can get them out of that rut and stop, you know, you know, Bechamp pretty much stomped out that whole germ theory idea in the 1800s, but it prevailed because one guy had a hidden hand and the other one didn't. So. Absolutely. And, and Daniel, don't get offended when I say this, but you, you seem like such a normal guy. You know, you're a dad. You, you know, you, you have the, the wife there. Everything's, uh, everything seems pretty normal. And I'm wondering how on earth did you get involved in all this uh, nonsense here, all this madness, Daniel? Okay. You seem so, like yeah. a good guy. How'd you get uh, tangled in this web? My, my daughter was born seven years ago, and we were in san diego at the uh, time nice. in el cajon and we went through the whole process of having a birthing plan notarized so that they would do the things that we wanted them to do and not do the things we didn't want them to do as far as shots and oh putting okay. that crap in their daughter's eyes and all right. that stuff okay so we made them sign that and our first wellness check two months later the pediatrician that we had seen at the hospital the day of the of the birth you know, he has like flair on his hat. He has all these little buttons trying to make himself look like a nice old grandpa, right? Oh, no. He's like, well, you know what time it is, right? I was like, why would you think that we would go through all that trouble there just to cave in two months later? I'm like, that's not happening. And there was this guy that was in the room with us who had a clipboard. He had like way too, you know, well cut of a beard and like a, one of those t-shirt shirts with the, with the tie. And I was trying to figure out what he was doing there. And come to find out he was a... He was a pharmaceutical rep. Oh, shit. He was there to, you know, watch and uh, and witness the, the injection. That never happened because we didn't let it happen. 
but being two people, my whole family is in New York. Rebecca's is scattered mm-hmm. from Brazil to, you know, uh, way out in LA. So, you know, I just didn't want to have to continually deal with that and have my daughter subjected to potential danger or being called unfit parents or whatever. You know, I just figured let's just go someplace where we can raise our daughter without any kind of scrutiny. So I did some research and closest I could get away, you know, I had to still be near my store because my store is in Old Town, San Diego, and we make 35 different varieties of hot sauce, all handcrafted. So I had to, I had to go to Yuma, and Yuma has actually been really good to us since 2016. But I just wanted to get my daughter out of that situation, you know, away from danger, even if it was just preventative before anything bad happened. I didn't want to wait for something to happen. Right. You know, so... And that, but that was the reason, the spark that kind of made me want to start getting into this stuff was, yeah, this stuff is pretty messed up. The more research that Rebecca was pulling out during her pregnancy about, you know, vaccines got me alarmed. And we had started putting together like a big, huge, thick, you know, information packet that our plan was to, you know, give it away to people. And when we moved it all, it just went into a box and we never saw it again, but that's when I started the channel and just started kind of like going through the things that we had learned. And from there, just kind of took off to whenever I had time, I'd sit down and make a video. Okay. Very nice. Very nice. And let's go back even further here for a moment. You said you're from New York, correct? Yes. Saratoga Springs area. Okay. So take us back to nine 11 and those around you and your family. They, I'm sure they were very much like every other American at the time, very, pro-war it's messed up because i was in the u.s coast guard at the time and uh yeah my brother i found out later he had been at the twin towers on a on a school trip two weeks prior to that and uh so he didn't he didn't just miss it but i mean it was close enough for for me you know wow Uh, and i was in cabo at the time i think we had just gotten off of like a 29 day uh you know, what do you call it? Uh, deployment. And we had about 10 hours worth of leave before we got called back onto the boat. <laughs> everybody got called back into the sea. Everybody had to take their boats out of uh, foreign harbors and all that stuff. So somebody knocked on our door. We're all hungover or worse because, I mean, it is Mexico, right? And um, they just called, they, I opened the door from my boat walked right past me didn't even look at me and turned on the tv and just sat down and more people started knocking on the door and coming in to the one uh hotel room that we had and there was a huge crowd in there and we're just sitting there watching as what we thought we saw <laughs> was the second uh quote unquote airplane hit the building so right right yeah so it it, kind of it, yeah, it, mu- yeah, it must have been pretty wild for you to to see that, obviously, as it was for everyone else during that time period. And uh, I'm wondering now, though, when all this happened, uh, initially, I'm sure you were upset and you were probably like everyone else who wanted revenge at one time. It's so crazy how that worked, too, because right, when right. we were in the Coast Guard, I mean, we get shown what they want us to see. You know, we're listening to uh, George W. Bush's speeches, and that's what they're getting us getting us all huddled around to uh to look at and um can you not yell babe <laughs> that's okay we, we like yelling here rebecca's in the background yelling no at worries. her son yeah, sorry and um 
so yeah i mean i was i was i was under the the delusion as well patriotism i really bought into it for sure and uh, i was in the telecommunications at the, uh, as my rate so i had to have top secret clearance to, to do that and i had to report like message traffic to the officer of the watch or the captain directly so when i got back to the boat these are all flash z rated messages which basically means the most urgent everything else gets put off to the side and it was all al-qaeda this al-qaeda that like they just immediately knew because <laughs> you know they I mean? knew already so, very strangely <laughs> already knew ahead of time so looking back at it it looked like quite the setup but you don't really see that when you're in the moment you know absolutely you you really don't exactly know for for sure but uh, that morning i actually got kicked out of class for uh, raising my hand and saying what if our government had any involvement into uh, today's activities and i got my ass booted out of the room quickly by the way <laughs> so day one i was already instigating but that's because i was on message boards uh, going going back yesteryear i was looking up all kinds of stuff and conspiracies was was one of them and that goes way back in the early 2000s if you can recall the wild west days of the internet and mm -hmm. the, the, you know, its inception and the days of trolling AOL chat rooms. I was there for that. I was, I was <laughs> the one doing it. Um, but yeah, I, I was already following along and thinking this seems a bit odd, a bit suspicious. So I've never really took the bait and the many Americans did. And I don't hold them, you know, I don't hold that against them or anything like that. A lot of people fell for it. Um, the propaganda was running high. Anyone who questioned the narrative was already deemed a piece of shit and an asshole and a traitor and you should right. die if, if if you don't think anything else and we've been seeing a lot of that here in america the propaganda has still been running quite high my friend and i'm wondering now daniel when was it for you personally that you sort of uh, broke free from the cia operated news with with in regards to 9-11 when when was it for you where you're like oh shit that was a that was a lie right well uh, what's funny about that is i've always been very against the grain of establishment institution and, and authority 100%, but I just wasn't quite there yet with this stuff, right? So it wasn't very long after. It was when I actually thought about it again, it was probably when I left the Coast Guard, which was oh, not more yeah. than two years after that. But I mean, it never, it never really added up as far as the, okay, so the, the Qurans, their passports, a blood sample, and a bottle of urine to identify them fell out of the airplane before it hit so that they weren't even scorched or burnt. So it's just so we could identify who they were. It's like, it was kind of a, a little strange that they found all those things intact, right? The passports and whatnot. Oh yeah. The, the passports that were still perfectly unharmed, yeah. unscathed in any way, they were just right there laying on the street. Yeah. How convenient. Exactly. So I don't know. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't really put too much thought into it at the time, but, but I was always like very suspicious of, you know, the news. I didn't really pay too much attention to news, but that yeah. one, you know, just in that heat of the moment though, during when it first happened and all the rallying and all that stuff and the, and the speeches. Yeah. They had us all in a group there. So that, that hive minded think, I guess, kind of just got, me because i wasn't really i didn't have my i didn't have my guard up about it you know oh, i just saw it, yeah. what we were seeing and that's what it what it was 
everyone ha everyone has that moment of clarity where they snap out of it where you're right. like damn i was fed a lot of bullshit at the time and i fell <laughs> for, for sure. all of it but now yeah, but now with all the things that have happened with the election and with the china dust i think everyone's starting to really open their eyes and see what's been going on for the last uh well since our reception uh, history and what we thought we knew is all a lie yeah as far as specifics like i wasn't really see that's the thing is it was more about the overall that kind of got me swept up it wasn't really so much about any specific detail because we weren't really given all those details we were on a boat half the time or doing some kind of work so they kept us busy and we just heard updates on what was going on and whether or not anything was going to happen with the way we were being deployed or not even though we were still in the coast guard like they've had people in the coast guard go lots of places before and people don't get that so i mean there was a potential that something could have happened given what you know it was a domestic attack apparently by uh <laughs> Mossad or CIA our government whatever you want to call yeah, it it's a yeah. um there there was different characters that all pulled this off together including all the people you mentioned it's a, right. it was a gr it was a joint effort for sure absolutely then, you know, go ahead oh i was just going to say the only thing that i, I always wonder and, and it bothers me uh, tremendously i always think how can you convince others though about all these things that we're talking about you know i have a co-host mike hideous mike mike's it's awesome a, it's a good yeah. example you know I, I love mike and uh, one of the reasons why he's on the program to begin with is that we're, we're we think a lot alike but in many ways we don't and we differentiate from uh, a lot of things and this being one of them he thinks the government would never harm uh, the the american citizens he he has a he has a lot of trouble grasping that concept even if you show him different things he still doesn't mm. want to believe I, I don't understand it really it, it boggles my mind but there's so many other people just like him out there in america that they can't really they it just it, it doesn't register in their mind for some odd reason that our government doesn't exactly have our best interest at heart is that like the Yuri Bezmenov effect? You know, the subversion type of thing? Where it might, you can get shown a be. stack of evidence and you just can't, it doesn't process? Right. I think that might be his issue. But that's that's an issue with a lot of people in America, even today. And I see it all the time. So what does he think COVID was about? He didn't think that, that was a uh, government run? And, uh, you know, with the scare you into taking the actual poison with the shot? Well, he, he already, sir, uh, succumb to that he's already jabbed oh man it's a terrible thing I, I know yeah that's very terrible because who knows if there's just a shelf life on whatever's been shot into you before it breaks down and releases whatever poisons in there you know if you want to believe anything about yeah. the lipid nanoparticles or whatever else it could be just little tiny beads of poison just ready to like a ticking time bomb well, I'm glad you're. I'm. I'm glad you're not jabbed up. Neither am I. I no, um, and that's the reason why we left. You know, San Diego is to keep our daughter away from that stuff. So. That's good. That's good. I'm glad you did that. She doesn't eat that. That influence. No, no, she doesn't. And 
We have her in charter school. We homeschooled the first year. If anything should happen with this nonsense they're talking about now, uh, she'll be quickly taken out of that school and back into homeschool again. And uh, I'll be happy to do that. Oh, that's right. Uh, in, in California, I recall that they wanted to sort of uh, do something with, with the students like that, right? They wanted to mandate the, the jab to enter back into school uh, for some places in California. Even a mask. She's not wearing a, a mask. So if, if they even impose that, she's out of there. She's gone. Yeah. We're not going to have her feel like she's a, you know what I mean? It's just that it's a psychological thing and I'm not letting my daughter be subjected to that. To so, be, to be I'll, honest with you. They'll see a little Rambo dad <laughs> in, the, in there instead. You yeah. Know? To be honest with you, I actually enjoyed the whole mask um, facade. Simply because I've, I've always kind of wanted to wear like a mask in a way. And I always thought it was kind of cool, like a, like I was going to be like a bank robber. In my mind, I'm like, this is really cool. I get to like act out some of these weird fantasies I have here. And, and well, that, uh, yeah. The anonymity thing is yes. probably why they did it too, right? It was cool. It was kind of cool. I got to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> but I know a lot of people had issues with it and all that jazz and... I again, I just thought, you know, there's so many ugly faces out there, Daniel, that I don't want to see. So I'm glad <laughs> I'm glad there were some women that had the mask on, including men, because there's a lot of ugly looking guys out there, too. Um, a lot of gross looking uh, creatures out there, Daniel. I hate to be mean, but I'm just being honest with you. So, you know, I, the mask didn't really bother me all that much. There's some faces that should be seen and other faces. Not so much. You shop at Walmart a lot, huh? Seeing all those ugly faces. <laughs> Well, they're there too. Yeah, go to Walmart late at night. You you see a lot of uh, interesting characters. That's why I go to Walmart, Daniel, to see the the freak show. Cheap entertainment. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, you know I I like the circus, so I go to Walmart. <laughs> Plenty of clowns and all kinds of shit going on there, Daniel. Always a good time at uh, two a.m. at a Walmart. Oh, that was pre-COVID because they all close at 11 now. Yeah, now. They? Yeah, now they do. This, these these were the good old days. These were the oh, yeah. pre-COVID uh, BC, I like to say. <laughs> oh, yes. And uh, Daniel, by the way, I'm looking at your microphone there. And, and um, I'm looking at that uh, the windscreen there. Yes, I used to actually use one of those when I was doing a voiceover stuff once in a while. Yeah, it's a short mic with a little... Uh... Tesla sticker on it just to make it mine. But yeah, this thing, I don't know. I snap or whatever. It's a little sensitive. I probably just need a better system. So I just put the extra, uh, the extra cover on it. You sound fine. You sound good here though. Yeah. Cool. yeah you sound Thank great. You. Yeah. <laughs> it all worked out. You don't need to change anything. You sound fine. All righty. Yeah. Yeah. It's all good. It's all good. Uh, so going going back to all this stuff here, I'm glad you're sharing this with you. I'm sure you talked about this before, but you know, with this audience, uh, they like knowing a little bit about you, yeah. and uh, and then now I want you to tell us a, a little bit about that book of yours that you have as well. Okay, so through uh, the course of me trying to gather data, because yeah, the first twenty something years of my life, I wasn't really doing that. I mean, I loved history, so I kind of just started there. Um, but if you know, for the longest time, I wouldn't read Behold a Pale Horse because it sounded like 
it was some kind of biblical BS. I didn't want to, oh, I didn't want to oh, deal with that. I see. You know, it's like, I don't want to be preached at. Are you, re are, you re are, are you uh, heavily religious, Daniel? No, not at all. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, let's put it this way. I believe in God. I'm probably more of an early Christian slash Gnostic type, but even though they never yeah. called themselves that, you know, I, it's pretty plausible to me that there's a demiurge and that the old Testament's not talking about the guy they think they're talking about, uh, just based on some of the things he was commanding other people to do. So I don't know. Understood. And why, and why, and why not trust the people that lie about everything else with your own religion? I mean, you might as well just adopt that. Go for it. I, I don't really follow any <laughs> biblical, uh, scriptures of any sorts really. But I, I believe there for sure could be a God. So I guess I'm sort of agnostic and I've always have been, but I've always said I was a, uh, kind of like a, I guess you can say not, not an agnostic atheist. Well, actually, yeah, uh, we can go with that. I was an agnostic atheist at one time, but now I'm just, uh, agnostic, I guess you can say. Yeah. And then that basically means the, uh, Something, something's out there. You're just yeah, having to. Something's yeah. out there, but man, you know, man isn't exactly the most uh, smartest creature in the world, like we're led to believe. You know, man, man is smart, but let's not kid ourselves. Right. We can't do that. Yeah, that so, uh, no one really, that, no one thing. really knows, and and following any anyone else that claims to know, I, I think they're full of shit. But the Bible is just man's interpretation of all of it. And as you know, Daniel, um, man can't really explain some of these things uh, at all, really. Right. And then you, when you get into like the mystery school uh, influence on some of these older works of writing or whatever you want to call them from the Torah and stuff like that, I mean, things were written so that there was an outside layer for the people who weren't initiated to understand the literals and then something underneath that that only the people that knew you know the terminology the metaphors and the and the symbolism would actually understand so even there they could say it plainly but it would mean thing different things to different people depending on their level of, of uh, understanding correct so in how my, do you go mm -hmm. go ahead i was just going to say in my mind this is all part of social control of course to an essence and that's where you have to be careful. Not you, but I'm just saying in general, you always have to discern uh, everything, really. Use discernment. That's a, a habit we forget to do as a human beings. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, when I finally did read Behold a Pale Horse, I was, uh, you know, it got me inspired. Like, every little thing that I would read, I'd be inspired to read more. And I just spent a lot of time doing the, doing reading. I read... Age of Reason, the taboo book about uh, of Thomas Paine, which is so funny that people embrace common sense, but they <laughs> reject Age of Reason, right? Right. It's like, oh, he's not saying what I want him to think. <laughs> to say whatever. It was very. It made a lot of sense to me. So, and it kind of challenged the whole religious thing, and you know, some of the things that have gone on in the uh, Old Testament. Oh yeah, that got me thinking too. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I was Italian and in upstate New York, so of course I was raised Catholic, Catholic. and did the whole yeah. communion and confirmation and all that stuff. But then my parents are going to uh, like a Christian church, Ooh, so they I turned their back there. on Christ. 
<laughs> well, it wasn't Catholic to Christians, so I guess it'd be they'd be turning away from the Jesuits more more than anything. But so it, it's just you know it was in my life, but I wasn't really. I always had like I felt like I knew that there was a God for sure, but I just never was into any of the crap that I was listening to in Sunday school because I went to that too. I'd rather have been watching, you know, Peavy's Playhouse because I was oh, yeah. on at the same time. And uh, we, all kind of... we all would. We all would. Yeah, church is boring, my friend. That, that is the most boring thing in the world to me. Absolutely. Church. Especially Catholic church. Oh, my God. Bore me to death, Daniel. Going to those, uh, going to those sessions uh, many, many moons back. Some people love that shit. Don't get me wrong. And I much love and respect to all of you out there who go to church every Sunday. But, ooh, it would bore me to tears almost. Bore to death yeah. out there. When, yeah, when you start to learning, like, the whole concept behind that church is like, I'm the vicar of Christ, so I'm putting myself before. So it's like, okay, so first the premise is you have to believe in this religion. And then it's like, now forget all that and believe in this guy. It's like <laughs> who who now who now superimposes himself as that character and more important than God. Yeah, that's right. So I mean, if you so were born we, in Israel, you would uh, think that uh, Jesus was boiling in a pit of excrement. Right, the Talmud. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so it's funny how things would change super quickly by just where you were born and what region you resided. For sure, and uh, I believe before. Muhammad's Islam, most mm -hmm. of the like the Kaaba and all that, that's that was all Saturn worship, right? The cube, right. the black yeah. cube. Uh, that that's a very um always a fascinating subject as well. The whole Saturn and cube and the the connection that uh still pretty much rules us today. Right. See that uh, a lot of Mm -hmm. You see a lot of uh, symbolism, as you were referring to earlier here. You do see lots of that in pop culture today. Oh, man, especially in the music videos. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it makes me wonder, are the artists into this or is it the, the uh, directors who are the ones who are it. into it? What, what was that? Go ahead. I don't think, I mean, there might be some people that mm -hmm. are deep into it, but I think a lot of it is just the record producers and the companies just, yeah. you know, and, you know, projecting what what it is that you know it's like passing notes in front of people who can't understand what the notes mean they're they're baiting you know? the the parents in my opinion i i think that's all kind of what it is all these uh really scandalous videos uh the directors know that kids are going to watch it and they know their parents are going to throw a fit about it and try to make a uproar about it and that's how like all the news gets uh, recycled all the time uh, these stories of oh video games are doing this music artists are doing that um my kids doing this y you know what i'm saying it, it it's sort of yeah. a the, the cycle they want to keep it going through controversy I think like yeah i think some of the symbolism and the quote-unquote illuminati and the the freemasonic stuff i think a lot of that is to just keep people who look into stuff who aren't that good at discernment and uh you know critical thinking to keep them busy it's like a distraction because it it's kind of like is meaningless but it's something to, to divert people's attention from what's really going on in the world and how they're screwing you for sure right uh, because you're too busy worried about the uh the entertainment aspect of it and what they're trying to project on you you know absolutely you some people forget though it's good to go outside go on a walk enjoy the air breathe that air in and 
uh, enjoy the ride. I mean, this is all over very, very soon, Daniel. So it's good to appreciate life and what you got now and not dwell on what you don't have. And this person has this. I'm angry about that. I mean, all of that is just bullshit in the end of the day. We're all going to end up in the same place, regardless of wealth, class, whatever color your skin is. We all die in the end. Yeah. So it's better to and enjoy you, shit here since we're here. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I catch myself sometimes, too, because it's you like... Got to, you got to. I'm a dad, so I have a lot of stress, yeah, a lot of, of responsibilities, and sometimes that actually affects the here and now, like in the moment, because right. I'm with my family, and yet I'm thinking about other things. So I'm miles away, even though I'm in the same room, and I have to tell myself to stop doing that and enjoy what's going on at that moment and snap myself out of it because that those things, those issues, those worries will be there when they're in bed and I can think about them again, you know, or, but when I'm with them and spending time with them, I need to make the memories, you know, I need to, that's right. Be that dad, you know? So, Oh yeah. And, uh, that, that's the thing about life. You get, get troubled by just the day-to-day -day living, the, the pain of living. I, I say life is pain. That's what they, the Buddhists say, right? They're not really Brahmayana. They say life is life is suffering. Yeah, I think they're kind of full of shit. You think, think they're the full Dalai of shit? Little, I think Dalai Lama is a little full of shit. Was, I think wasn't he, he be... kissing a boy that one time? Probably. He was. He asked a kid to kiss him on the mouth. I think. So, are you familiar with uh, Ken Wheeler of Theoria Apophasis on YouTube? I might have come across that channel. Uh, sometimes he's called the angry photographer, but I don't think he's been doing too many photography videos in a while. I think he, I, I think I have come across that. Yeah, he studied like he he can read ancient Pali and all kinds of stuff, and uh, uh -huh. he's basically saying that the Buddh what they call or pass off as Buddhism right now is materialism, and it has absolutely nothing in common with the original doctrine. Oh wow! And so I think that's kind of interesting too. It's kind of like co opted for manipulative purposes and the Dalai Lama isn't isn't uh outside of that manipulation he's sounds like it's kind of like a part of it so it's also interesting that they wear orange that's kind of like the prison color too oh that's right yeah <laughs> that's right I never even thought about that <laughs> oh my kind goodness it, it does put a, a spin on things uh certainly and yes actually going back to what I told you he uh, the Dalai Lama uh, told a kid to suck my tongue. Yes. Uh, he actually even apologized for after kissing wow. a boy and asking him to suck my tongue. So, yeah, I thought, you know, to be honest with you, I, I saw the headline and I thought, am I high? <laughs> or does this really say that? But no, it really did say that. I, I went back right now to double check. And yeah, this is at, at the uh, theguardian.com. Uh, for those who are into that news source, there it is right there. Dalai Lama apologizes after kissing boy and asking him to suck my tongue. Well, my friend, that is that is goddamn disgusting. And I would probably punch him out if that was my son. Right. Of, of course. I would have beat the shit out of this guy. I don't care who you are. You're not going to tell my son if I had a son. Suck my... I mean, that's, that's pretty much on the lines of getting your jaw broken, in my opinion. If you'd even stop at that point, I might skewer the fucker. Yeah, I mean, who knows if I'm going to stop at that point? I mean, that is that's a violation in my opinion. 
Right. That's predatorial behavior. Dude, that so. is that's out there. That's X Files shit right there. <laughs> and and what he reads, you know, it's funny too. I mean, you have Tavistock Beatles being, you know, affiliated with him. Yeah. It's just the people that go that cycle through Dalai Lama and some of their chants are almost like um I can't remember one, but I actually accidentally showed up at a cult meeting one time oh in uh, San Diego and they were doing the little, you know, chant and it was quote unquote Buddhist, but it was, uh, it's basically asking for the end of the world. Ooh. And it was, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I don't, there's a, there's a certain sect of them that they're asking for like the, uh, I can't even, it's, it's been too long for me to actually give you. Well, that's not Here's exactly, that, that, that's not so uncommon. I think there's lots of religious groups out there who are all about bringing in, uh, oh. bringing in the apocalypse. Oh, you mean like Zionism and Christian Zionism? Absolutely. Yeah. Everyone's all about it. And sometimes, you know, the program is kind of themed around the end times. I mean, I got to be honest with you. I don't mind if it all goes south, my friend. I think I'm ready to fend for myself, to be honest. I've been waiting for uh, these times for a very long time. <laughs> And I'd be okay with that if I wasn't a dad. I'm just saying I don't mind. That's all. I mean, you know what I mean? To hurt someone legally, uh, sure, that'd be fun. Oh no! Like when lawlessness and you know occurs, and we're in Mad Max, tell you, I yeah. have a big long list. I'm going to be very busy for a very long that's, time. That's right. That's why I'm like, oh, I love that. <laughs> I, I'm going to have too much fun, right? If it happened, by the way. So you know, maybe, maybe I'm just throwing that out there. Just in My case. favorite Christian was Vlad the Impaler, if that gives you any idea. Oh, what, wow. You know, so. Yeah, you're going next level now. Oh, yeah. He knew how to handle, <laughs> you know, pe people. Uh, That's hilarious. Pushing them around. <laughs> you know how to handle bigger, you know, bigger odds. I think there was 120,000 Ottomans coming his way. He had a force of no, no more than 20,000 at any given time. So the 28 that they had on sticks was a good deterrent for them to say, you know what, let's go the other way. Yeah, let's turn yeah. back. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. But yeah, as a father, of course, you don't want to see anything like that happen. Of course, it's going to affect your daughter. So no, yeah, of course, you don't want anything like that happening. I'm just saying in a perfect world, that mm. would be kind of fun. Um, I mean, I thought we were going to have fun when the whole China virus thing happened and people were hitting the ground. I thought, oh my God, all my enemies are going to fall down. I'm, I'm praying. <laughs> That's funny. It didn't happen though. You know, it let me down. I thought, damn, gave me blue, gave me blue balls again. Do you, uh, so what do you, do you have any theories yourself personally on like the stages that they, of, of deception that they use to lead a person to the final, you know, shot mm. in the arm? Because, I mean, I think it's kind of ridiculous that some people say, well, there was nothing out there. They were just scared into going into, no. People don't stop breathing or can't breathe because they have their mind. Okay, so they probably, some sort of chemical, some sort of poison was in the atmosphere or yeah. in certain areas let loose. But I don't think, but the whole virus thing is just, to me, that that's a complete misguided, you know, path. So any of this bullshit about... um you know, gain of function or lab leak. I still think that's bullshit. I think if it's anything, it's going to be a poison, not a virus, because it's like saying a unicorn you got bit by a unicorn and now you're sick. Right. So uh, it's it, it was very interesting because I've heard so many theories in the beginning, and the bio leak was one of them. But I thought, no, there's there's no way there's going to be a leak. Very much like a nine eleven. 
how we just sort of, uh, well, in my opinion, we allowed it to happen very much like what happened in Israel. We were, they also allowed it to happen. There was Intel on what could, could, uh, and, and if you look back and read, uh, all the stuff, our government did have Intel of, uh, the whole nine 11 scenario that would most likely happen. And with Israel, they had information going back even further back that this was going to happen. And, uh, so there's some correlations right there. I'm I'm trying to trying to bring together here with 9/11 and all these things. I'm bringing them all together here for you. And um, the whole lab leak thing, I thought, no, not really. It, it it they most likely just let it happen. And I'm sure there was ways that they released it on the American citizens. It wasn't just a um, wasn't a natural sort of thing happening where someone just gets one person sick and so forth and so forth. Um, it was initially released, I'm sure, in ways we don't even know yet. And right. as soon as we saw, like, um, deer, well, no, when we saw deer getting the, the virus, getting COVID, yeah. I thought, oh, mosquitoes. Bill Gates huh. also into mosquitoes. Huh. So I'm thinking, oh, if the animals are getting out in the forest and there's no people there, then, oh, mosquitoes. Flying syringes. There you go. <laughs> millions of flying syringes going everywhere just infecting people i thought yeah that's a great way of doing it that's a great way of spreading a virus no doubt and i'm thinking who could be that diabolical though and i thought oh fuck bill gates he's a crazy motherfucker he would do something like that has he done that before in the past oh yeah at, the, at that ted talk so yeah he would be yeah. someone that you would want to talk to if you would want to do that to the american public and my god they they probably did and the timing of when people started getting sick is right around what they call a flu season, right? That's so right. How convenient. They were probably getting their flu shots, and that could have been the catalyst that made them sick in the first place, but nobody correlates that for right. some reason. So, there, there's, so. Probably, there's probably different ways they did it, and they probably yeah. used different ways to infect people. And if we believe in the nano aspect of it, it could be in our food, water, air, packaging of our food, like all the processed crap you buy at the grocery store. Well, that's right. And that's what they're everywhere. doing. And, and you're on yeah. something there, uh, Daniel, because out, out in, uh, I think it might have been in Riverside or UC, Riverside or Irvine, one of the colleges around here in California, we're working on putting the, the vaccine in produce. That's what was mm -hmm. going on. Spraying the salads and all that shit. So it, it's going to happen. They're going to get you with something down the line. Yeah. What a and weird time. A, what a weird time we up. live in, uh, Daniel. Do you, what do you think of Fukushima? Because it didn't go away just because we stopped talking about it. You know what I mean? The, like, great, quake of, uh, the, the great quake of 2010, you say? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember being in El Centro, by the way. Uh, there was a crazy earthquake uh, in down south uh, it happened in somewhere in mexico close to close to el centro though and it was like a 7.3 by the way Jesus. so that's all i remember wow. when i when you throw the 2010 uh, date to me i just think of, of the easter uh, easter quake um that we experienced out there that was like a goddamn movie and at that time wow. i thought a uh, planet x was coming or something uh daniel wow. i thought oh god we're, we're right on track here so, I mean, I think they were talking about, there was people that had like meters and they were going into. Yeah, but Fukushima. Yes. Let's get back to that. Sorry. Yeah. They were, they were like testing apparently the milk in California 
the meats in the grocery stores were all testing really high for radiation. And I think it was around that same time that they started irradiating all food to get rid of quote unquote bacteria. So it's like they had a reason now for why it has a, a signature when they when they measured it. It's, it's like everything was orchestrated so that now it could have more than one reading meaning for why it was irradiated, right? But that was way back then. And who knows? I mean, it's a dirty bomb that's constantly self-feeding and it hasn't stopped. I mean, that could have been a, another factor as to why people started getting sick. And right. it could also be, you know, if they kicked up some kind of, you know, ELF, EMR, electromagnetic radiation, millimeter waves, all these things together, plus whatever crap is inside your body that could be reacting to that stuff, all these things that people wouldn't see, but I just think all those are more plausible than virus. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I feel like we will probably never know. Right. You won't know the yeah. whole uh, scenario, what happened. But I'm sure that our country was definitely involved in uh, creating it. Obviously, we were funding it, so that we right. already do know. So this was pretty much a sort of like a uh, bit of a experiment. Uh, it seems like that we just sort of thought, well, let's let's try and see what what happens here. Have you have you followed the uh, the names they've been giving the quote unquote uh, unicorn variants too? I mean, they had Eris which was Discordia or Discord, right? The 14 uh, children of, of Eris are all these violent, wicked things. And then Parola, which basically means dick. That one's the new one. And if you, when you have Eris or Mag Magna Mater, you're, you're looking at basically the same thing with a different name. And it's always followed by Saturn. And Saturn would be the Parola in this. So it's, it's all following their same symbology, the way they're naming these quote-unquote variants that mm. they keep making up. Yes, so, I, I was wondering about that. I'm like, why are they using these names that mean, uh, well, yeah, I, I, what would you were just explaining right now? I did notice that, but I thought, well, why would they do that? Because it's, it's like putting their signature on it, right? Because right. where where it's being uh, their influence, and then what the, when they were saying that it's like uh, this one's more specifically going to attack younger children. Well, you have Saturn who eats his children, right? So. That's kind of funny that that would line up with the characteristics and attributes <laughs> yes. of Saturn, right? Right. Yes, uh, it's very much out in the open, as they say, they, what they like to do. For sure. But then again, here yeah. we go back to that, that part of Daniel where I say there's some people out there that just don't want to believe any of this. Yeah, but they how have do a hard you... time. It, it's like, how do you convince those people, though? You need to. You don't really Doesn't need that to. Doesn't but... work itself out eventually? Absolutely. Once they realize they've made the mistake of following what their government wanted them to do to a T, then they wake up and say, oh, I was wrong. And that's the only thing that concerns me is that it's not so much that I give a shit what happens, but they weaken everybody else by consenting and following along because then it makes it harder for people who want to break apart from that to do so because you know the water the wave is coming this way and you're the you're the droplet you know in that water in that wave it's hard to push back on it when everybody's going one direction but you got to be an upstreamer i guess and go go against the current but it's just when there's that many people it's like it's not even so much i care like 
do what you want, do what, but just don't let it affect me and my family. <laughs> you know, it's like I That's don't want thing, to be though. Yeah. Up in that shit. And those are the people that, that affect uh, your family, though. That's the problem. Yeah. Those that right. uh, hold the most power, they're, they're the ones who pretty much listen to uh, the government to a T. Those that hold the power. They follow along. Bob, right? Too many numbers, too. That's the problem. We are the minority. That is the issue. And it's hard to get people to wake up about certain issues out there. Because, again, they, they have trouble thinking oh my god the government did not do that to us there, there's no way even though there's a recorded pattern of the if you look at um, the, the, their track record it's not very good no it's not very good at all no sometimes and i think is america really the good guys or are we the bad guys oh we're the bad guys we've been the bad guys since uh actually the american people have been the enemy of the state since 1933 the, the bankruptcy you know, declared. Right. So, I mean, we were dissolved as a country, as a republic. There, there is no government. It's all a facade. It's Jesuit theater for us to continue to follow along and believe in that, so that we don't freak out and do something about it. But it's already gone. There's no, there's no elections. It's a selection. They'll give you options, perhaps, but they're all going to be doing the same thing because the Federal Reserve and the central banks and the city of London are taking care of this country. And geez, maybe that's why we fight wars for Israel all the time and engage in like Middle East. And whenever they're antagonizing people like they were in 2000, right? One, right? They were, they were talking about it for over two years that they were, you know, coming to a boiling point. And then they get something happens to us to where now we have a reason to go fight for there. Of course, it's going to be orchestrated because. The Rothschilds created Israel with the help of the British Israelists, Israelists over there, right? Who were the Balfour Declaration and all that. So we're looking at, you know, the same people who run our monetary bullshit fiat, selecting and directing us to go fight wars for them, for banking interests, or for Israel's interest, which is basically the same thing. That's right. Send the poor to go fight the war, as I like to say. Nice. Like that song by, by Primus, Too Many Puppies. <laughs> oh, yes, Primus, a, a classic there. I don't really hear Primus get thrown around on this program very often, so I, I appreciate that. A great bass player. I play bass, too, so oh, I'm yeah. like, oh, Primus. I do, but not like that guy. Oh, yeah, we don't. We all can't play like that guy. That He's on another level. Yeah, Southbound Pachyderm. I can do a little bit of that one. Like ding, 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 like ding ding ding. Uh, nice. I can I can get that one when I practice it enough. Very nice, very nice. Yes, I played in a punk rock band for many years, a uh, punk ska band, and uh, we we played a few years after high school and blah blah blah. But there was a band from uh, Mexico, a very popular band that covers one of our songs that we created like back in like two thousand like three. So that's kind of cool for me though. You know, that's that's a little bit of a feather in my cap there even though it's meaningless but it means something to me damn it right so let me ask you a question because i grew ahead. up in upstate new york i was far away from all the cool music scene right what did being being from california what did you think of like operation ivy and mr bungle those we, two bands right? we we loved operation ivy out here um nice. because it's you know it's a skull they had the skull thing going on and that was huge out here in the 90s early 2000s we still like skull back then so yeah, we we loved Operation Ivy. A lot of kids did, 
that they're still a very popular band actually yeah jesse's awesome dude. even He's though nice they're guy. not yeah even though you know they're not exactly there's no operation ivy anymore that's now you know transformed into rancid but even rancid right now still playing they're still out there playing shows and they're still mm-hmm. uh they're still selling out and making plenty of money plenty of money and, uh, jesse and uh tim are back in a band called bad optics too oh yeah they're still doing that yeah oh they were uh, last year i'm not sure what they're doing now but i think they put out an album and those guys are already they're already kind of old oh yeah they're pretty oh, yeah. old but, already and the only reason why i brought that up because once you said bass player the first thing mm-hmm. i can think of is like the reason why i really liked it that music was matt freeman man matt he freeman yeah. like crazy amazing he's had some great riffs that's for sure on the bass there great bass player they say he's yeah. probably one of the best uh in, in the punk rock scene I would agree with that for sure I, not that i am yeah. a connoisseur or i'm not like you know i'm not a g i'm not a, i'm not a, a master of music of any kind but i just you know i know what i like and i definitely like matt freeman's bass lines for sure yeah he's pretty killer no doubt no doubt and uh daniel my god i'm still looking at the background there i'm still distracted by the uh <laughs> oh, been, right, don't get i've been looking at the piano and the and the line <laughs> and the fireplace i'm like I'm like, damn! I want to be in that uh, living room that in there in that that place. Where I'm like, where is that? I'm I'm wondering. It's probably like somewhere in Hawaii, Colorado. Oh, now I'm in. Um, now I'm in a different uh, place. Now I feel like I'm in uh, Tropic Thunder. Yeah, it kind of looks like. Uh, yeah, Tropic Thunder. That's a good. One. That, that was it's like the uh, the war room for Infowars. Yeah, right. <laughs> or that too. Yeah. Now I'm talking to uh, Alex Jones now. Oh, I hope. Or that, Owen Schroyer. Yeah. I'm talking to Owen Schroyer now, f- fresh out of jail. I'm like, oh, Owen. Owen, there you are. You look uh, great. You shaved Not your face over. And now Not you look like a, a pro wrestler now. <laughs> Coming out of uh, the entrance there. Oh, All right, we'll go back to the comp stuff. Okay, there, there we go. go. Now we're back to normal, right. ladies and gentlemen. If you're listening to this, we're back <laughs> in a more pleasant scene. The background is a nice fireplace and a piano. It's very welcoming. It's very homely i like it daniel i like it oh thank you but you still got to get that uh bookshelf though we got to get that library yeah. going for yeah, you for sure. absolutely I need, servant too. I need somebody in butler outfit to come over <laughs> yeah that'd be that'd be great and then, well, what kind of shirt is that i'm seeing some blue uh figure on your oh, shirt there what is that daniel okay well first of all it's laundry day laundry That's day reason number one but uh my daughter's theme for her birthday this july was stitch oh, okay. and we're actually okay. decorating her new room uh uh-huh. with a bunch of stitch stuff so yeah i dad and mom had to wear a stitch shirt for her birthday too so this is where that came from ah very cool very yeah. very cool lilo and stitch or some shit like that right yeah yeah there you I, go. I don't really pay too much attention but i i know of the character so that i can follow along with my daughter because she likes it so i have to know everything uh <laughs> and all these sort of things i have to at least know something so I don't exactly look like a brain dead cardiomyopathy right. victim, you know. Right, right. Got to look sharp there's out a, here. There's more. There's more. Uh, I mean, she she goes through these things quick enough to where it's like the the phases of what she likes and what she doesn't like. So you don't have to get too. We don't have to study too deep into it before it changes again. Right. And how old is she now? Seven. She's seven. Yeah, Ooh, July. Daniel, just, just wait birthday. until she turns into a teenager, and then she's going to be like, Dad, get away from me. You're so lame. I would like for the world to exist that long. 
then I, she you will. Know, yeah, the, the world yeah. will be here. The world will be here. It's okay. Oh, I know that. But will the people on top of it be? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah. That's a great question. We we want them gone. No doubt. Right. Got to get those people. Most we got to get rid of them. No doubt. We got to get rid of these career politicians. That's the goal. Right. Get them, them out all of about here. Eugenic, but let's start with the problem. Right. That's right. And Daniel, you're, you're not a um, Republican or a Democrat or a liberal. No, you don't really. I, I don't, yeah, economy. I don't think you're in any of that. I, I didn't think so either. And I'm not myself. I'm, not, I'm none of those things. I am. I, I've broken free from all those uh, shackles and the yoke around my neck, as they say in the Bible. Yeah. Common law sounds good to me if we ever did it. And I think cause no harm and do what thou will are polar opposites of one another because... It's more of a survival of the fittest, and if you can, you know, impose your will upon others, then that's okay with the do thou wilt type of uh, mind frame, where uh, cause no harm means yeah. do whatever you want, provided it doesn't cause loss, damage, or injury to someone else, which sounds like logic, you know, that you would want to do that so you wouldn't have repercussions from some of your actions should those people man up and go after you, right? So it's just common sense not to tread on other people and you know stay within your boundary lines but as far as uh politics absolutely not you know the you know it's you know it's even hard for me to say that i mean i would say that as far as a a guiding principle for other people who need things spelled out for them maybe the constitution and the first 10 amendments or something that you should pay attention to or at least uh understand that those are like you know rights <laughs> that nobody gets to take away from you if it, but they don't they don't defend themselves you know you can't you can't expect criminals to persecute prosecute themselves you can't expect them to throw themselves into jail and you can't expect them to put themselves into checks and balances if the people themselves don't do anything when they violate so we have what we have because we got what we deserved by not doing anything about it sitting around waiting for something else to happen or someone else to fix it is why we're this far down the road, I think. Well, there's no argument for me. I, I believe there's a lot of people out there who would like to believe that sort of thing, that a life will just magically get better if they uh, elect the guy that they want in there. Yeah, no. They don't realize <laughs> that they're all the same. They're all, they've all been compromised. As soon as they sign on that dotted line and become... Uh, the president of the United States, you you already have signed away all your rights, in my opinion. You forfeited all your rights already, and now you are part of the system. You are very much a politician like the rest of them. No matter right. how much you want to sort of uh, make people disbelieve that, uh, you know, no, 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 I'm, I'm different. Oh, I'm different. I'm not a politician. I'm, I'm a bad guy. I'm, you know, I'm a, ba I'm a badass. There's no way I'm a, a politician. I'm, I'm the guy on the outside. You know, they all want you to believe that they're on the outside, but they're all the same. There's a, they're there's all the goddamn saying, same. Exactly. And there's a saying from the, the, the true powers that be that kind of goes something like, when the people want or need a hero, we'll furnish it. Meaning, uh, like obviously, that. they're going to be yeah. controlled, right? That's right. That's right. And again, um, I was referring a little bit to some of the uh, Donald Trump fans out there. I mean, no, I, 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 I mean, I like uh, the Don. Don't get me wrong. You know, he's a fellow fight fan like myself. He's been to plenty of boxing events. I've seen the man at uh, plenty of boxing events in the uh, late 90s. Uh, my father also uh, took me to Vegas plenty of times. I saw a lot of professional boxing fights. And 
the dawn was right there so you know it, it's been a different sort of a relationship i've had in my mind with the dawn because at an early age i i, I kind of knew who he was but then i sort of forgot and then later i i was kind of reintroduced uh to him again through reality tv so i always kind of thought he was like a reality tv star and i always <laughs> blamed him for that era of tv by the way um, the, the surreal life the you know all that era the that 2005 era of reality tv i, I always kind of figured that this was trump's fault in my opinion he's the one who jump-started all this shit um so mm -hmm. my relationship with him has always been kind of a tumultuous one where there's times where I like the guy. He says a lot of amusing things that I, that I love. I mean, don't get me wrong. He says uh, so many crazy things. I love it. It's amusing. And I like that so many people get very angry about him too. Because I, I, like, I like being a bit of an instigator and you know, oh, yeah. being a shit stirrer. So, you know, I kind of like that aspect of it all. Um, so, you know, it's a very weird sort of thing. Because I like the guy, but then I'm like, you know, he's pretty much like everyone else. And and what's with him after, you know, the the results are in, Trump. You don't need to keep telling everybody that you're the father of the vaccine when... Ooh, I know. You know the, the, the bodies are stacking up. Wasn't that why a mistake? Why? Yeah, that? why would he want to take credit for that as well? Yeah, I, I know what you're oh, talking yeah. about, but I, I thought, why do you want keep putting that out there? You know, that's one thing that... I, you know, I have a hard time trusting the man because he was the one that loves the whole, oh, I, I, I am the one that started Operation Warp Speed. I did this, I did that with the vaccine. And I, I just, I can't believe it. He was out of his mind. Right. Yeah. Captain Warp Speed, for sure. So it's like, how do you go back from that though? Did, did, did the I'm American not... people just sort of like, the American public, I should say, did they just sort of uh, forget How do you what happened? Dershowitz being part of his crew, Ooh, you know? know. That's another one. That's another uh, asterisk right there by the name. And Fauci and, and Fauci, he let Fauci sort of yeah. uh, run run shit out there. I thought, I I thought, where are the balls, uh, Don? You know, you claim to have them, but you're still letting this little man walk around and parading. What, what's up with that? And wasn't his best buddy? Uh, jfk jr or you know how they inflate that story that oh, yeah. that they were best buddies right. so why didn't he let his i guess that would be his net whether it be his cousin? cousin i don't know some shit yeah, yeah because because rfk jr was supposed to you know be a part of some kind of vaccine mm. safety committee that never happened never came to fruition that's right he said something along the lines a few years ago of like if you don't take the vaccine you oh wait no that was in regards to um climate change he was saying something and if you didn't believe in believe in it then you belong behind bars or some crazy thing like that. Who said that? RFK Jr. Really? He said well, if you don't believe in... Correct. I could look that up right now and I'll tell you. Holy crap. So that's why I'm and like, you know, RFK Jr. What was that? Go ahead. He's, he's also anti-gun. So, you oh. know, people should keep that in mind too. Really? Oh, yeah. he is anti-gun. I just saw that right now. Yeah. In Not a good candidate if you want to defend yourself against tyranny. Not really. You know, he says a lot of things that I liked. You know, he says a lot of things that made sense to me. But then at the end of the day, I hate saying this phrase, at the end of the day, Elena, a lot of people hate that saying. So do I. But it's kind of true, though, in this regard. He's still that guy, though, that believes a lot of other crazy shit, too. So it's kind of hard to align yourself to anyone, really, once you find out other things that they believe in 
uh, you just think, oh no, he was so smart here, but then he really drops the ball on this other issue. And, and you just sort of like put your hand on your head and say, how, how is this, how is this possible? Yeah. Um, when I, you know, doing the research for the book, it, looking at uh, the history of the Roman Catholic Empire and the, it's alleged, you know, be, allegedly being dissolved in 1814 for good, which is obviously not true. I mean, they kind of just are controlling things by proxy, right? They have their governments established in different places, taking care of business. And then you want to think of like the Rothschilds, they're like the world, you know, the property managers for the world estate. Because when you look at some of their older paintings, even they have some of the highest accolades that people receive from the Holy See for their service to Rome. Like the, you see the stars on their, um, on their the medallions on their chest is the eight sided or the eight pointed star, uh, star, which could either be Maltese or it could be the star of Saint Sylvester. Doesn't really matter which one it is. It's it's something that's awarded to you for your service to Rome, and they did actually bail out the Holy See in 1858, I think it was, somewhere around there for a crazy amount of money by today's standards. So some people would look at that as them buying them out, but you know, and controlling them. But I see it the other direction. I think it was just their servants to Rome and probably have been anciently uh, because there used to be Bowers before the Rothschilds. Who the hell knows what their name was after, before that? You know, things change over history. So they could have a really deep, dark lineage. You never know. That's a, that's the right. problem. You you really don't know all the real history behind a lot of things because it's, it's kind of like it's it's lost, really. Like yeah. a human origins, for instance, uh, Daniel. I'm not sure what you really believe in oh in that aspect, yeah. but it's like every year or every couple, like, well, let's just say every like 10 years, scientists move the goalpost back further and further in time. And I think we're really, I, I think man's extremely ancient and we're old as shit, I'm pretty sure. We've, we've been here for a very, very long time. Longer than what's recorded and known, in my opinion. Uh, and some people believe we even walked amongst dinosaurs at times. But I'm not a creationist or anything, but there are people out there that uh, point out different um, sites out there around the world. You know, there's... Uh, Michael Cremo, like right? Michael like Cremo, correct. Yeah. Michael Tellinger and uh, so mm -hmm. forth and so forth. So, you and know, you... Like, oh, oh, you have? He's a, he's a nice guy, I heard. Well, you went to Contact in the Desert. I was there in 2018 and 2019 just as a, oh. as a patron or whatever. Nice. Okay. He was there. Yeah. Yeah, Michael Telliger was there those two years, and I, you know, uh, I think uh, Brian Forrester. I went to see his workshops. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he was a good dude too. Very and Robert nice. Schott one year was there. Dude is super tall. Well, I'm only I'm short. I'm an Italian, but he's still he's very like tall. A, he's a nephilim. <laughs> yeah, he's like uh, Brad Olson, who's also I I always tell him that he's a nephilim as well. That guy is like nine feet tall. Yes. No, he's not nine feet tall. <laughs> he's like a, I think he's pretty much close to seven feet tall, I would say. Jesus. He is goddamn huge, and I'm like 5'10". So he like, he looks funny standing next to me. Are you, are you going so, yeah. to be attending uh, any uh, conference um, in the near future, or are you too far I out? Hope, I hope that, you know, yeah. working this book and getting it out there will hopefully lead to a speaker engagement at some of these places eventually. Um, but we'll see how it goes. I mean, it's just a matter of me, you know, getting it out there some way, shape or form. So I've got other people 
trying to work on that for me too and not really like anything official a capacity i'm not paying anybody but there you know there's people out there that have read the book and they like it and they want you know want to see me do well so i could make a few calls daniel don't worry yeah like i actually submitted the, th the thing to contact got to be a cheap date. I don't live far away. <laughs> oh, no. Well, I, I know people that have worked in the conference uh, stuff and, you know, watching his videos on YouTube since 2016 or whatever, you know, whenever I could catch up from that. He was in Sedona one time and that was a pretty cool uh, video. I, I, didn't, I didn't catch that one, but I happened to catch it on YouTube, you know. And there was a, there's a lot of really cool, like Stephen Mailer. Do you know who Stephen Mailer is? Um, I to to be honest, I don't think I do. M a h l e r. I don't even know if he's still alive. Not ringing he's, the bell. Oh, he's gone. He's dead. I don't know if he is or not. Uh, he was a Rosicrucian. Oh, but okay, he was okay. involved with, you know, I guess supporting the idea of Robert Shocks with mm -hmm. the um the age of the of the Sphinx being much much more ancient than uh they're saying That's recorded, it is. Yeah, yeah. And then who was the guy that Robert Shock was working with that passed away? I forgot his name. He was kind of a Libby, Libby guy, but he, he died recently, a couple of years back. I think they did actually a tribute to him the last year I was there at Contact, but I can't remember him. He was one of Robert Schock's like, uh, associates. I think I know who you're talking about, but now, now it's a name that I haven't, I haven't heard in, in, in a while myself, right. but damn, yeah, I know the guy you're talking about, but why can't I come up with a name? But I, I know who you're referring to. No, I don't know. I can't remember his name. Well, 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 it'll probably come back to us uh, maybe even tomorrow. And we're like, oh, yeah, that's the guy. <laughs> it always happens that way. Um, yeah. But the reason why I asked is because, you know, there's all these conferences going out, going going on out here in California. You know, you have like the Conscious Life Expo and uh, Contact in the, de in the Desert. And, and there's a bunch of other smaller ones as well. But it all seems to go down here in California. And I thought, damn, it'd be nice for you to come out here with the family and all that jazz. But again, we'll, we'll have to uh, get you on the uh, talk circuit, as they say, with a book. And uh, you have a, a good chance. I'm pretty sure that could, uh, that could definitely come true for you. Cool. Thank you so much. That would be forever in your debt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't worry. Uh, I'll definitely make it happen. And uh, again, I do like the book. I, I was reading that, uh, reading somewhat of what I could in the, um, the Kindle thing here. I oh yeah, and was, like I said, I can gift it to you too if you want it, or I can send you one because you guys, you're not. I could send you a hard copy. If I you wanted like. a, I wanted an autograph version of it. Okay, that's what I would uh, love. So, would you like the eight and a half by eleven? Oh shit, you <laughs> or have the a, Barnes and Noble six by nine. <laughs> damn, why do you why you why do you have the two versions there? Um, I just wanted something a little bit different for Barnes. Oh, you know, okay. And it's a different variation of it. So, well, what do you like better, in your opinion? Uh, the eight and a half by eleven is color. There's oh. not that lot. There's not a lot of pictures in there, but mm -hmm. of the of the pictures that are in there, they're color. So. Ooh, I want that one then. Okay. I want to see the nice pictures and definitely autograph that for me. And going back to the book here for a moment here, uh, just to uh, let the listeners know, if you can remember, do you have a, a favorite chapter in the book that you, for some reason, it was like this is this is it right here. This is the meat and potatoes of it all. I think um, the closing chapter, uh, the AI parasites, demons, or same, same, blending that into, well, as that comes down into a few parting topics, that is like the culmination of everything else. But 
a lot of what I did in this is um, because William Cooper, Bill Cooper, did that 42-part series called Mystery Babylon. So he's been dead for 30, well, since 2001, right? So a whole generation has grown up possibly not even knowing who he was. So I wanted to reintroduce him to some people and remind others of who he was. So a couple of his, actually, I kind of sprinkle it in throughout the book to kind of introduce the new topics for the next chapter, something from him. And he was talking about the same type of stuff, the priestcraft and things like that. So it all fit. Some of them were for, you know, psychological warfare, some of those is episodes. So wherever it made sense to, you know, plug that in there, I got a chance to kind of work alongside Bill in the only way that I can, you know? So that right. was kind of a lot of fun for me. I really enjoyed doing that. And I have probably li listened to, in the last three years, probably listened to maybe a thousand hours or so of uh, however many there are I've, i probably haven't missed that many he left about six of years worth time. of shows i think yeah like he started in 92 and he, he, yeah. he went on until 2001 so what's crazy is i actually had uh, a listener this old uh, old man he, I, he's dead now but uh, allegedly he was a friend of uh, uh bill's way back in the day and he uh, told me some things, but I mean, I, I don't know if any of them are true or not. So that's why I'm, I'm kind of careful of even saying anything here. But um, regardless, we will never know. But allegedly, an uh, old fan of his was uh, here and he was telling me all kinds of different stories about the guy. He had a wicked sense of humor, uh, according to the friend. Oh, yeah. I kind of believe that part. Mm. I could see that. Um there were some other allegations he made, but I, I don't know if that, if we could even go there, uh, you know, some strange ones. Kind of like, like kind of like a, in the same vein of one Jordan Maxwell, there's some strange allegations there as well. Oh, Jordan Maxwell went hard on uh, Bill Cooper after he was dead, saying all kinds of nasty stuff about him because yeah. he, uh, yeah, they got know, I actually it. made a video on that bun because he was, uh, called out basically while he was being interviewed by by bill he kind of ex you know he doesn't try to say that he's a an adept but mm -hmm. he kind of revealed the fact that he was a you know you you know a, a of a, a mason or something of that nature while he was talking you know he was kind of like presenting these these uh ideas about yeah everything being part of the the paganist thing and it's and it's all sun worship and it's not really having anything to do with really and he's like and and bill is like you mean that's what they believe right right and he kept on you know giving them <laughs> the the nod like that and then he went on to do another um video where he's reading from jordan maxwell's book and he's saying this is what they believe this is what the adepts believe not what i believe but they they basically you know putting Jordan Maxwell in the category of being a Freemason. Right. So that was that was kind of interesting that he did that. He never mentioned his name or anything. He just read from his book, though. I see. Well, there are some very shocking allegations about uh, Jordan Maxwell having uh, done something unsavory to a child. Oh, my God. So that's one of the rumors out there. But there's uh, a lot of uh, things about uh, about that for some reason. I don't know if it's true or not, but that is one of the uh, more damning rumors I heard. Who knows? You're talking that? about Maxwell still, though, right? You're talking yeah, about Jordan Maxwell. And, you know, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. actually ate dinner with the guy, or lunch, rather, with the guy 
at the uh, Conscious Life Expo a couple years back, 2016. And uh, he was a very interesting character. I, I enjoyed my time with him, to be honest with you. And it was uh, it was fun to, to meet the guy and spend time with him. Um, he told me a lot of stories about um, about uh, David Icke as well. A lot of stories that negative? he repeats all the time. Yes, in, a, in the most negative ways, absolutely. Yeah, he was a. I oh, mean, yeah. if, if I don't, if you don't mind me saying, so oh, no, I think he plagiarized from every single decent book out there. And uh, you know, sixteen sixty six Redemption Through Sin by yeah. Robert Sepper. He took that book and re and wrote his own. And and whenever it had to do with the heavy amounts of data that he took from Robert Sepper's book, he just says Jewish sources instead of actually identifying where he got the data from. And then he was on a, a, a London reel that Robert Sepper basically re <laughs> uh, he made a video showing that one. And uh, it was wow. about you know, Sabotage Evie and, and Jacob Frank and stuff like that. And, and it's so funny because Robert doesn't, doesn't say anything directly. He's just, Robert's just at a picnic table in the video reading his own book. And he's got like a little small square screen of the London real. <laughs> so he's, he's obviously correlating that the guy's stealing from him. Right. But right. he doesn't say anything. Oh, that's and brilliant. I found it very classy. You know, it's Damn. funny how he was just like, you know, making it, making it known. I got to see that now. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. I, so that's, uh, I, yeah, I've, I've spoken to a son to. before, by the way, uh, Garrett. And, I think, uh, uh, mm -hmm. do you know who Wham is? Uh, World Alternative Media. Doesn't ring he, a bell. He, he interviewed uh, like not too long ago too. Oh, Gareth Ike. Oh no, David. Oh, David Ike. Okay, okay. Yeah, he, 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 it is. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, it'd be fun to uh, talk to him, um, to David, uh, and his son. I mean, I haven't talked to his son in a number of years, and his son was uh, not like what he is today. By the way, that's for sure. He uh, turned uh, very much into the conspiracy sort of thing, uh, mm. into the. Um, I guess you can say a sort of conspiracy pundit of sorts. Uh, I don't know what to call some of these guys or how they want to sort of uh, present themselves out there to the world. They want to like uh, pre pretend that they're like these really serious sort of uh, people. You got to respect me. You got to listen to me. God damn it. Uh, these sort of uh, personalities <laughs> that are, you know, fake, phony and kind of gay in my opinion. Um, right. But I'm not any of those things. I'm going to be the way I, I'm always going to be, uh, no matter what. Other people, though, they, they're pretenders of sorts, uh, Daniel. They're, you know, yeah. Well, uh, that's what I think Alex Jones is, too. I think oh, he was course. created to divert attention away from people who actually were putting out good, you know, <sighs> yeah, honest just, data. Yeah, he's, you know, I, I really liked Alex so much in, in the early years, Daniel. It, it pains me to see that he became this way. You know, he became everything that he was once against, to be honest. You guys just recently did a video about his, you know, you're showing the Tucker or like playing the Tucker thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tucker's all acting like he's so mystified by his uh, his predictions. Oh my God, yeah, you that know was. Who did that right? That was it was gross. it was it was Bill Cooper on Hour of the Time. Yeah, beating him by months at a time, and then and then all this, you know, now that he's gone, it's because he was more popular. It's because he yeah. was more popular at the time. You're trying it, yeah. But yeah, that came from a Bill. And there's you know audio that of that. You, too. you know that happens to you. Like you'll say something and you'll be, you know, talking about it for the first time, and then it goes somewhere like, you know, probably like Stu. Let's just start an example. Stu Peters. Now all of a sudden it's brand new. Well, like yeah. you never were talking about it. Oh yeah. Right. As soon as they pick up the story, then it's 
it's breaking, right? There you go. So irritating, right? It's very irritating. Absolutely. Absolutely. But Alex, again, Alex was a very, very different back in the day. And I, I just wonder what happened to that guy. Uh, well, that, was, uh, that guy's gone Bill. now. <laughs> yeah. He was, uh, he was in shape for a while there. Not too, not too long, but for a little while. For a little while there, yeah. yeah. Uh, hopefully he stays around for a while, but he seems like a heavily uh, individual who's very heavily into alcohol. You think that's what his voice is all about? I don't know what happened to his voice either. <laughs> he, he didn't sound like that before. Mm. It just became very uh, gravelly later on. It makes you wonder if it's even like if he's just trying to like do guttural, you know, like some people sing like that. It makes yeah. me wonder if he's like on purpose. In my opinion, it's kind of like how pro wrestlers talked in the in the 90s, 80s. Yeah. They all have that sort of, they all want to talk that way. <laughs> kind of like Hulk Hogan, they all want to sound like that sort of way. I'm not sure why. Macho Man Randy Savage. Yeah, like that. They all talk <laughs> that way. They all did. It was good cocaine, I guess, back in the day. Oh, I'm sure there was plenty, yeah. Cocaine and steroids, how can oh, you go my. wrong? Yeah, the good stuff. The very, very good stuff. But yeah, you got to be careful using uh, anabol... Uh, uh, not not, not that uh, testosterone and, and... Well, just every kind of steroid in general. I was going to list a very specific kind, but then I thought, wait a minute, all steroids <laughs> are pretty much bad um, for your body because, you know, you have all these other things that go on. Your estrogen levels uh, screw up as well. Right. And, uh, you shouldn't yeah. play chemists with yourself when you don't even know what the real science is because everything we're told is a bunch of bullshit and half a truth, you know? Yeah, you got to be careful. Right. You be very goddamn careful doing any of that. And uh, someone that's in health as yourself, uh, I'm sure you're, plenty, you're, you're around plenty of people that uh, probably have used, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, it sucks too because I used to follow... Uh, uh johannes or johannes or joe aesthetics and he passed away at 30 after talking on bradley whatever his name's uh show was that he had not one not two but four covid shots wow that he got uh plasma plasmapheresis twice mm -hmm. to try to get the crap out of him and uh it doesn't get it all out so then won't we'll, Drop dead of an aneurysm. So they say. I don't know what the real cause of death was when he was back in uh, Thailand. Wow. But he came to came to the U.S. his first time. German, right? He's, he was used to be a beat like a a professional bike rider, like you know, going off jumps and stuff like that. And then uh, got into bodybuilding, do aesthetics. Good, good human being, like a real human being. But uh, you know, people are saying it's, it was the anabolics. I'm like, there's no friggin' way it was the anabolics. He didn't drop dead at 30 because of that. He was, you know, that's had to do more, more to do with the four times he took poison directly into his body. Yeah, it doesn't, <laughs> help, if, yeah, it doesn't help you if you do that. That's for sure. Yeah, if you, if you, if you play Russian roulette and you click five times and there's two bullets in there, there's only six, you know, times it goes around, you're going to get popped. Right. So it's, <laughs> could it be that or is it the fact that he did antibiotics? I mean, come on. No, it's once you introduce that other stuff as well, on top of everything else you got going on. Right, and that could have been a catalyst for it. Like, right. you know how everything gets sped up. I mean, if there was poison in there that could have been interacting with it, then boom, you know what I mean? Set you right off. But uh, Yeah, that yeah. sucks. Uh, rest in peace to him. And yeah, a lot of people drop dead very early uh, due to steroids and other things that they're doing as well. It's, it's always a cocktail of things that 
do you win in the end? So it seems. I mean, there's been a lot of people dropping from the, uh, you would assume it would be the shot since they had it and there was no other reasoning that you could think of. I don't think people like naturally just drop dead just because hearts just stop just because I always think there's something nefarious about that. You know, I don't know. <laughs> we don't know for sure, but yeah, I, I, I think there's something to it though as well. There's, there's gotta be. And uh, my goodness, my goodness, Daniel, it's been a, a great time here talking to you. I mean, time's been uh, going by uh, rather quickly here. And uh, who knows what the reasoning is behind why certain people fund certain things and true who's supporting them and who's propping them up. But, you know, there's a lot of artificial stuff going on, especially in the, uh, the thing that they I, I, I hate words that are made up. I hate them. I, I'm an English major. I hate freaking words that are made up. But like, uh, Truther, can you Truther, just yeah. talk like a friggin' human being? You know, it's like Patriot Channel. Or, well, people like you know, to give uh, give uh, labels and titles to everything. It makes people feel right. um, a little bit more exotic, I guess you can say. Yeah, but, like Torba with the whole Christian nationalist <laughs> thing. Like, yeah, I mean, you might as well just call yourself a domestic terrorist before the FBI does. There you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, these you you really never know what what the intent is behind uh, who funds what. And what go they have in mind and what agenda is being driven which way uh, we truly won't ever know that's the problem to some regards yeah yeah but it's fun to uh at least at least if you can get so that's why i go back into the history because it's like a mess mess up on the top layer right but if you go further as far as you can before that kind of blends into a bunch of question marks too and just kind of follow the line and the pattern of behavior throughout history. You can kind of identify by those by those markers who's doing it, or at least the uh, the the views and the mindset of it. So, if it's a mystery school influence, if it's you know Jesuit, or if it's uh, like a like a Sufi mystic, or if it's some sort of Kabbalah or whatever, right? It'll give you a hint. Kabbalah will go into the Freemason thing yeah. too because they picked up on it. So you can kind of trace these things, and they kind of there's some intersections, a lot of them actually. But then you can kind of identify what they've done in the past, what they're probably going to do now, and what they're straight up telling you they're going to do because I, I think they feel like they've won, like it's checkmate. So we might as well just scare the piss out of you before we, you know, we're playing with our food. They're a big cat playing with their food right now, you know, with the mouse. Yeah, that's the way they look at us, uh, no doubt. No doubt. And um, when, when exactly do you do your show, by the way, Daniel, for those at home wondering? Okay. Yeah. So I go on to Rumble um, periodically. Like when, uh, Mondays, I do 8.30 Pacific time AM, and I do a uh, coffee talk. On Thursdays, I have Dr. Peter Glidden come on, and that's uh, 11 AM Pacific. And... Anytime I've come up with a guest, I just basically let them pick what's most convenient for them. So I'll just go on whenever, uh, when they when they give me a set time, then I'll write on the calendar, send out the Telegram notifications of you know what's coming up the next week, and I have the Telegram group for that. But you know that's about it. Like I have the Monday and the Thursday for sure, and then if I fill in anything else, then I just do it. Sometimes I wake up middle of the night and like you know what. 
I don't want to go back to bed. I got stuff on my mind. And I started freaking, hey, is there anybody out there in the UK or in Australia awake? Because <laughs> it's only it's probably five o'clock in the afternoon for you, but it's late for everybody else. And then That's I just right. do one. So. Yeah. Very nice. Okay. Yeah. And you could just go to Rumble and. Um, yeah, Rumble.com. There you go. And then it's forward slash C forward slash Paul Busters. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. That's all the information you need. Just go to Rumble and search yes. Ball Busters. Yes, sir. And thank you so much for having me on. That's awesome. Yeah, Daniel. I had a great time. I hope you enjoyed uh, your time here on the program. It was good to have this talk with you. And of course, we'll do a, a round two of this conversation once I uh, dive deeper into your book. Oh, and uh, book. yeah, yeah we'll, we'll talk uh, further about other things as well. It just doesn't have to be about the book, but uh, we'll talk about all kinds of uh, fun stuff as well. Things that uh, we didn't really get to cover here. Can we talk to Mike? Yeah, yeah. Mike next time? That oh, yeah, cool. of course. He he was just a little bit um, a little bit busy at this hour. Oh, I got you. But I'll, I'll definitely set something up where he could join us, no doubt. It, it'll be a fun time. Absolutely. Well, my friend, uh, thanks for being here and uh, hanging out with and sharing your time with us. And uh, we'll do it again soon, my friend. I really appreciate it. It was fun, and uh, yeah, thanks for having me on, sir. And there he goes, boys and girls. That was today's guest, Mr. Daniel Crystals of the Ball Busters Podcast. A great name, by the way. We really appreciate that. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, we do want to thank you for being a part of the program. It's always a honor and pleasure to have you here. It truly is. It truly is. And remember, if you want bonus content, please go to michaeldeacon.com slash Patreon, and you can find everything you need right there. Merchandise. The newsletter, get yourself some merchandise over at michaeldeacon.com and of course disable that ad blocker and sign up for the newsletter today. Stay informed about the program whenever we go live. You never want to miss a live show, that's for sure. And with that said, the world is a mysterious place and life itself is a mystery. Until next time, mahalo. Mahalo.